You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Church family, welcome back to the Church Life Podcast. I hope that you are off to a great start this week. So this morning, if you're listening on schedule, it's Tuesday. And our guest today is our worship pastor, Chris Smith. Hey, Chris. Good morning, Ben. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming to be with us. I'm glad to be here. Well, you're a blessing. So, church family, we've been talking about first fruits since the beginning of the year. And the major concept, if you're sort of new to the idea, if you're listening to this podcast and it's your you know, first exposure to what we're doing, we're encouraging one another to give our best to the Lord, that we would give the Lord our first and our best and stop giving the Lord our leftovers. Well, I asked Chris to think with us about what would it look like as worshipers um, to come before the Lord and give Him our best in worship. And there's nobody in our church family who's in a better position to think about this, Chris, and to shepherd us in this, in my opinion, you know, than you are. You know, because I, I, I know that you are the person who wakes up every morning thinking about our gathering and, you know, the, the heart of our worship. And so thanks for coming to be with us today to talk about First Fruit Worship. Well, thank you for the invitation. Uh, you know, I've got a, a as I was thinking upon this and, and, and preparing for the podcast today, uh, I was trying to think of some uh, different uh, different characteristics of what it would mean to be a First Fruits worshiper. Yeah. And so as, as I went through, the first thing I thought about was a First Fruits worshiper spends time with God, yeah. you know, through through prayer or meditation or devotion or studying his word. Um, you know, if we have a relationship with someone, then obviously we're going to know them better. Uh, if, if it's somebody, if we have a relationship with somebody that we only see, you know, once a month, then our relationship is not going to be very deep. And so through the time that we spend through, uh, through those things, through uh, spending time through prayer, devotion, uh, studying God's word, uh, I think that we can uh, be a, a worshiper that is able to be in touch with God and to be closer to God, and He would draw us closer to Himself at the same time. You know, and I and I think it's good for our folks to think about you know the dynamic between uh, corporate worship and private worship. In that, when we when you and I say worship, probably everybody's thinking about an hour and a half, you know, on Sundays when we're in the sanctuary together. Um, but, you know, the things that we're saying right now are true about that hour, but they're also true about your secret worship at home, your private worship at your house. Well, that's where it begins. That's right. And and, and I'm interested in the dynamic. It's like, you know, we, we think about worship in that public setting, but what if your personal experience in that worship service has as much to do with how you've engaged the Lord all week? Mm-hmm. All right, so just to kind of play that scenario out, um, I remember one of our church members um, was just giving me some advice, just talking about his life. Gosh, this has probably been a decade ago, you know, and uh, I was associate pastor at the time. And he was a guy that was a, you know, a great youth parent to me back when I, in the youth ministry days. And we were just talking about preaching and sermons. So at that time, Brother Hogan was preaching, you know, our sermons every Sunday. And he said, you know, Ben, I've gone through seasons where I'd, you know, I'd come to church and I'd think, oh, you know, just another sermon. And, boy, that wasn't, a, you know, I wish Brother Hogan would say something that just really touched me. He said, and I'd come through other seasons where I'd come to church and I'm sitting there taking notes and I thought Brother Hogan was Billy Graham. <laughs> and he said, he said he began to recognize that the difference between those two experiences uh, was not as much uh, on preacher and his presentation as it was on the 
the worshiper and how prepared he was to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, that if his heart was in the right place when he showed up on Sunday morning, um, it's just amazing to him how he found what he needed in that sermon. I think the same thing about our praying and our giving and our singing, you know, the other elements of our corporate gathering, even the way we love each other on the pew and in the sanctuary as a church. Um, I, I have a hunch that all of that depends more than we think on on how we've worshiped the Lord in private all week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we want to we want to show up and have like a Hillsong experience, right? But yeah. probably has more to do with whether you've had a yeah. mountaintop experience with the Lord all week. Well, and the the preparation is is what's important. I yeah, mean, it it's it's almost like you know I think about you know working with our choir and all. You know, we prepare for weeks in advance for for whatever the choir is going to lead on a Sunday. And had we not given that time to prepare, yeah. then we would not be near as effective on Sunday mornings because uh, because because our preparation makes for a better experience. And so I think the same thing holds true for, for our preparation throughout the week for, for our corporate gatherings. So what happens in private shows up in the corporate worship experience as well. So I guess a couple of things I would say to our church family while you're getting ready to queue up point two is, you know, all right, so evaluate. I mean, how well are you worshiping right now at home? Like, are you, just simple question, you know, are you praying right now regularly? Are your prayers personal? Uh, I'm not asking if they're long. I'm not asking if they're fancy. I'm asking you, are they genuine? You know, are you reaching out to the Lord in your personal prayers at home, church, family? Are you opening the scripture and listening for God's word? And I would love to ask you to put this to the test and experiment with this. Like, spend spend a few weeks like really richly pursuing the Lord and show up in the gathering on Sundays anticipating that the Lord would speak to you. Uh, and in every song that we sing together, make it your real confession. And check to see if the Lord begins to to stir in you more strongly than you once experienced. Um, I'll tell you what, Chris, I think this would be an awesome thing, especially even for our children. Like as a dad, I got three kids on the pew with with us, right? So I'm on the pew for half of the Sunday. But so as a dad, I got you know I've got you know three kids in the pew with us. Love my boys. Um, we've got actually got a good number of children who listen to our podcast on the way to school and in the mornings, and I get to hear from them sometimes when they like the topic. So you know, Carterville kids, I hope this hits home for you. But one of the things that I find is that when I was a kid. And I thought Sunday was terrible. I'm like, oh, man, how long can this hour be? When will it be over? Really what I was doing is for an hour I was waiting until it was over. And I was yep. miserable. Yep. You know? And all that began to change when I started trying to engage the Lord. Like when I started trying to sing these songs to the Lord, then it didn't really matter what song I was singing or what the tempo was. Um, when Or if it was a song that you liked. <laughs> there, well, thank you very much. Yeah. Of course, back in that day, you know, um, it was a four-cent, two, two, the first, second, and fourth of every uh, hymn in the hymnal, I guess, is how I felt. But um, but also with the, with the sermon, even. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started trying to uh, tune in and hear a word from the Lord, when I started reading the Scripture, it's amazing how, I know this sounds silly, but it's amazing how much faster Sunday passed. (laughs) But it's also amazing how much more I got out of it. And I think, I'm just a little shout out here. Lots of our church kids are doing great at this. But I'm just going to give a little, um, just a little credit to to Emma and Evan Reynolds. You know, several years ago when I first started to say, take notes and I'll I'll give you a smarty at the end of the service just to say thanks for tuning in. Well, he started taking notes. Man, his notes are better than the notes I preached out of, in my opinion. (laughs) You know, it's just, but... Here's an example of, even for children, when they're tuning in 
and engaging the Lord, that Sunday worship experience is different for them than if I sit down and look at the platform and say, all right, impress me. Yeah, I think when you come with expectation because of what you've experienced earlier in the week, I think it makes all the difference in the world in our in, in your corporate gathering. Yeah, right on, man. I, I entirely agree. All right, so what's the second, what's the second point today for being a First fruits worshiper. Sure. So the second thing I said, a first fruit worshiper always notices God. Uh, the, this is a person that's always looking for the things that magnify and glorify the Lord. They're able to find God in the simple things in life. They notice the creativity, the kindness, the love, and the brilliance that God offers to us. And then they go on to tell him about it. And we all obviously recognize that Jesus was, was our ultimate example and the ultimate worshiper. And some might say, that he might have been full of, of, of parables and analogies, but I think he was so good at telling those stories because he was able to notice the details of what God was doing in someone's life or in the circumstances around their life. And I think that Jesus was discerning in how he, he went about communicating with people. And so I think that as we, um, as we go about our days, that we look around us and see what God's doing and see where God is working. And because of that relationship that we have with him, we're able to, we're, we're more aware. Our eyes are open to what God is doing around us. And I think that helps us to, um, to be more um, appreciative and more grateful for God. So uh, this may impress you, Chris, but when I was in seminary, I had my one class on worship leadership and I paid attention. <laughs> so I remember uh, one of the definitions that we that we talked about in worship is just, you know, that worship really is a response to God. Like worship, appropriate worship is a response to what God's already done. And I, I think that's a, I mean, you're kind of opening our eyes again that a first fruits worshiper recognizes the little things. Mm -hmm. You know, how's God moving in your day in a small thing? Um, and I think as we navigate Christianity, you know, for years and then decades and whatever, we start to take all the little things for granted. Mm -hmm. um, man, that that's a handicap for us. Yeah. And so where God is active all the time, Moving throughout our day in big things and small things, once we start discrediting all the small things, uh, I think we're missing out on what God's doing in our life. And life is made up of the small things. Sure. I love it. And so a first fruit worshiper is going to see uh, the Lord in the small details and all the little things. Hey, um, if you will, I'd love to land the podcast for today and have you back for tomorrow so that we can pick up where we've left off. And I'm excited about the thought of, hey, what if Carterville Church family shows up Sunday as worshipers who have been worshiping all week, who are paying attention to the small things, and who are ready to hear God? Sounds good. See you tomorrow. Hey, thanks, Chris. I appreciate it.